We welcome back with episode three. So recapping. So last week we were talking about uh, my businesses. So we talked about uh, my financial coaching business, MZM Coaching Services. We talked about Bluestone, which is a debt relief company. We talked about Firestone National Investment Group, which is our real estate investment firm focused on wholesaling and uh, fix and flips. We talked about UpGen, which is focused on our uh, rent-a-car company, rent-a-car agency. And then we ended it off with MZM Transports, which is our freight agency. We are freight brokers. And so uh, today I want to spend some time specifically talking about what am, I, what am I doing now? What am I actively focused on? What is making me the money now, which is the freight uh, broker, uh, the freight agency. But before I get into that, I just kind of wanted to get over the context of how I got here. So... I talked about the industries uh, last week in detail, but I kind of just wanted to go over a quick timeline just so you guys can understand this because I know as I'm naming off all these businesses to to uh, just the person sitting at home is like, who? how did you come up with any of these businesses? How did you get into these businesses? And, and so I just want to go over a timeline on, on how these all transpired. I'm not going to get too detailed, but uh, like I said, I was working for an individual um, that I got fired from, me and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, I got fired from. And working at that company, uh, once I got fired, I ended up understanding since I was one of the top sales agents, I was a manager at the time, and my wife, she was a top sales agent, we realized like, hey, we want our own control. We we It wasn't about the money, it was just about having the control, the confidence, and consistency that, hey... They can no longer control our paycheck. We no longer have to go through shit that we went through getting fired because we were competition. Um, and so we ended up opening up our own office from that point on, uh, which was focused on financial coaching, helping people get out of debt, uh, household budgeting. From that point on, we ended up opening up a debt relief company that was specifically geared towards people that were in debt, credit card debt, any type of unsecured debt, medical bills, um, any, any type of debt that uh, was backed just by your signature. Uh, which, if you guys don't know, unsecured, the difference between unsecured is just a simple, you know, uh, representation. Your house is a secure debt. Why? Because if you don't pay that, they're going to take the house. And so uh, unsecured debt is a credit card. Why? Because if you don't pay that, there's nothing to take. You signed your signature for it. That was the collateral, your signature, your credit. And so we were helping people get out of unsecured debt with our debt relief company, going over to uh, UpGen, which was our... Or, or going over to um, Firestone, which is our real estate investment firm. Um, from going from our debt relief company, me and my wife actually talked, and I remember it like it was yesterday. We reached kind of like a ceiling in that industry. Um, you got to realize dealing with people that were in debt constantly, you got it's only so far you can go. Um, when I say dealing with people that are in debt, only so far you can go. Just the things we were hearing, um, you know, the stories we were hearing. Um, helping someone get out of debt, and uh, and they're thinking that they could have done it. Uh, it. It was just an industry that we felt like, hey, you know, we reached uh, our peak and, and where we wanted to be at it, and it was time for the next thing. And I had an opportunity uh, to get into real estate because I had a mentor. And I remember meeting, that, meeting with my wife, and we had everything going good with that company. We just literally had, a, I think, like a 10-person training class that we hired 10 people that week. And I talked to my wife, and I was like, man, it's just something that's just, you know, just bugging me. Like, I really want to do real estate. And she literally gave me that green light. I needed that confidence. And she said, hey, go for it. And so I remember that day, the next day, I went on and had a meeting with the whole team, including all the new hires, and let them know the transition that we were going to make and let them know, hey, if you want to make that transition with me, you can come with me. If you don't, cool. We got to the end of the month, and this thing is a wrap. I think I said to the end of the year, and it was a wrap. And we only had, like, three months. 
And so we ended up transitioning into real estate investing, and we were focused on wholesaling real estate, uh, and then we got into fix and flips. And so just that industry alone, it, it changed the game for us to understand real estate, how to find deals, um, speaking to homeowners, negotiations, just being in that world changed our life. Uh, but then, you know, this year recently, like I told you, uh, it started to reach a point where since I've had, I had so many businesses open, I had to kind of cut some of the fat and trim the fat. And unfortunately, our real estate firm, uh, we were spending a lot of money in marketing. And so we ended up saying, hey, we're going to put that on pause. We're not going to focus on the small, which is the single family homes. We're going to the multifamily and we're going to buy and hold. And so from putting the wholesaling and the fix and flipping on pause, um, uh, I opened up MZM Transports. Now, not to forget, in the midst of Firestone National Investment Group and MZM Transports, I also opened up uh, a car rental car agency. Like I told you, my partner, Ron, who runs that, uh, we started that last year, and you know, it's, uh, we just hit a year, actually. Uh, we just hit a year, and so congratulations to us. Congratulate myself. You got to pat, your pat yourself on the back sometime, you know what I mean? But we just hit a year in that. We got 30 cars in that. So over the course of Firestone National Investment Group, we opened up uh, UpGen, which is going to be our rental car agency, and then ending with MZM Transport, which is our freight brokerage. And so I'm going to touch a lot on that MZM Transports, but I want to just tell you guys, over the course of uh, since 2016 is when I opened up all these businesses, and it sounds fucking good, but I, if I can give you guys one lesson just out of all this, this is just the whole, this right here is like the whole game. If you had to listen to one thing on this podcast, open up all these businesses, it sounds fucking good, but the one thing that I made a mistake in is when you hear a lot of people talk, you hear a lot of the fucking good sayings, good quotes, and they talk about seven sources of income. Uh, the average millionaire has seven sources of income, right? And you, you hear that. And so you think you talk about one, two, three, four, five, man, I'm almost there to seven. I'm going to be a millionaire. But that's not the case. You got to realize they had that one source that they fucking milked high and dry until they decided, okay, now it's time to go on to the next endeavor. And so you can have one source that you've milked for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, longevity, consistency, discipline in that business, learning it, mastering it. Then you move over to the next thing. And what I did not do most of these businesses I did not master. The one business I mastered was the financial coaching business, dealing with debt uh, and that debt relief company I mastered. But with you know the other companies, I, I, were, I was opening up companies real quick, and it showed, which is why I had to put one of the companies on pause. Um, by the grace of God, I have an awesome partner, Ron, who handles our, our rental car agency, which that's going to continue to go because we have someone there that is focused, uh, a singular focus on that company alone, and we're mastering that. And the same thing with what I'm doing now in the freight brokerage. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, right? Um, from going from Firestone, going to the freight brokerage, I actually, we actually started the freight brokerage last year. And uh, I started it because my wife, she at the time was a stay-at-home mom. And it was getting to a point now where the kids were in school. We decided to put my son in a, um, we don't want to say daycare, we put him in a, a monastery school. Fucking sound big and bad now saying it, right? Hold on. We put him in a monastery school. I got to say that because me and my wife, we were going back and forth. She did not want to put him in school if she could have easily stay home with him. And I was like, we got to get out there. He's a, he's a guy. He's around girls all day. He's around four walls. We got to get him out there. Let him socialize. Let him find who he is. 
And so it was very big for us to pick a school that it wasn't just someone who just just watching him because we didn't need that. We had that covered. She was a stay-at-home mom. If we really wanted to, she could have continued to do what she was doing. I had it covered. But uh, we chose a school. I'm not going to say the name of the school, but we chose an awesome school to put him in. And from that point on, it was kind of like, what are we going to do? What is she going to do? And so we entertained everything. We were entertaining um, being a real estate agent, um, entertaining her opening up, uh, uh, doing the rental car company, entertaining everything under the sun. And then what we reached was the semis. And so I was like, okay. I, and the way we reached it, though, was because during the, uh, the pandemic, when everything was being shut down, did you notice that one thing you noticed that um, – So right now, guys, as we're talking, hi, Janice. This is a double stack little wooden doors are a must. Thank you. Okay. So you see me, guys. Right now, I'm actually looking at uh, looking at an email going back and forth. We got a load for one of these uh, for our freight brokers, which you're gonna see. And this in this industry, you can get a load like that with the opportunity to make money just like that. You can make two, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars in the span of minutes. And so I got a, a hot load that I'm looking at getting covered. We just got to make sure the team is on top of it. Majority of our business is virtual, which is how you're able to see me here. Uh, and the agents that we have, they're in the Philippines. And so, you know, what my job is more so is to oversee. So I'm not totally removed out of the business, but I'm still overseeing things virtually. So that's the best thing you can ask for. keep hearing me say why would you ask that they ask something that exists that's that's the thing about me i gotta i gotta work on just my delivery my wife is a better you know better at delivering than me i expect the most out of everyone so my wife will tell you i'm always the one like pushing and like if you do something good it's very rare that i'm going to say great for that because i'm like expecting you to do it and i'm going to always on to the next so i got to slow down a little bit but why would you ask that question Um, so during the pandemic, we noticed that everything and everyone had to stay indoors. No one was outside, but you know who was outside them damn trucks, them semi trucks, they was moving, they was grooving. And we were talking about the mask when we were talking about water, we were talking about toilet tissue. We were talking about hand sanitizer, right? How you think we were getting those goods, damn trucks. And so last year, uh, all of last year, we spent a lot of time, me and my wife, we were like researching a lot of industries and we came to the semi-truck industry. And I had experience, very small experience, but I had experience. I actually bought a truck uh, back in 2016, ended up losing the truck because we, we all, I had a group of guys that we put in to buy the truck. We bought the truck, didn't have enough money to buy the hauler. And I, I, I signed onto the truck with some shiesty guys. The truck was a BS truck, ended up not working, got scrapped and it was, a, it was a dud. We, I lost money on it. But I said, okay, semis, I think that's going to be the wave. And at the time, that was when all these courses were coming out, mind you, because we were at the house. No one can go outside. A lot of these entrepreneurs knew that they could sell everyone courses because everyone wants to learn something from, from the house. So all these courses came out, and I ran into a course um, from a gentleman by the name of Alice Good Energy, which was an awesome course, by the way, and it was dealing with the, the trucking industry. And so I had bought the, the course, I also bought a rental car course for my wife because we were planning on doing that. And we she took both of the courses, and we were like, okay, we're either going to do Toro 
and start the rental cars or we're going to do semis. We're going to do both. End up doing both. End up doing the rental cars with my partner, Ron, and doing t- uh, the transportation, and the, uh, the, I mean, the semi trucks uh, with my wife. And so she took the course, uh, did awesome on the course, and I remember I was sitting down with my current mentor in the real estate realm. I had just told him, hey, I'm putting things on pause as far as wholesaling and fixing and flipping houses. Um, and or, or not, I wasn't telling him I'm putting on pause, but I'm telling him I'm thinking about getting into the semi game. And I remember he telling me, hey, wait, before you buy any trucks, before you do any of that, I want you to talk to a gentleman that you, sh- that you should really want to talk to. He's a multimillionaire. Um, and he's owned semis before. He would tell you different from what you're about to do. So I'm like, okay, who is this guy? And he says, hey, he was in your building before. He was in your office building before. And so I'm just kind of thinking, and, and, and he kind of describes the gentleman. And I'm like, that guy? Mind you, um, my current mentor now, I had known him. We've been saying hi to each other in the same office building for years. Me just being myself, being cordial and nice, but not really understanding this guy was about to change my life. So just, just another tip for you guys. Invest, love the person that you're with. Love the person that you're with. And what that means is the person that you're in front of right now, whether it's the person at the gas station that you're paying at the checkout line, whether you're in Publix and you're paying at the checkout line, pay attention to that person. Invest your time into that person, whether, they're, whether you ask them how they're doing and actually listen to see how their day is doing and respond accordingly. That's something that I have to learn and I'm continuously learning because for me in business, I'm always go, 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 go. So naturally, I'm a great communic- uh, I'm a great communicator and I can even sell you, meaning I can talk to you, say hi, you can walk away and say, man, that's a nice guy. But I probably really didn't listen because I'm always thinking about what I got going on and I'm actively working on that. And so if you guys can take uh, this approach, I've been talking and saying hi to this guy, which is my mentor now for the last two to three years, not knowing who he is. Not knowing who he is. And I'm going somewhere with this. So once he tells me who it is, I'm like, that guy? So I say, okay. I know where his office is at. I'm going to just show up. Mind you, this is me. I take massive fucking action. So I didn't call and ask for a meeting. I didn't send him an email. I didn't do some research and say, let me see. Does he like this type of coffee? Let me invite him for coffee. Fuck that. I don't drink coffee. I'm going to go see him. Because if I can put myself in the environment, you could talk to me. I know I can close you. I think I talked about this in episode two. You put me in front of anyone, whether it's an interview, whatever the case may be, I'm a shine. I may be a little bit nervous, but I'm going to look like a fool, and I make sure I'm a shine. You're going to remember me, and you're going to want to work with me and do some business with me. And so I showed up to his office. I remember it. Uh, he wasn't there, but his son was there. Son, you know, took up. I let my father know, you know, I, I let him know. D- didn't let him know, didn't get a call, came the next day. No one's there except his son. Left him a message again. This time around, I'm like, okay, cool. I got to find his number. So I started looking for his name, doing my own research, found this number, or at least found the business number. Called and got, I guess, I think, uh, secretary. Once I got the secretary, uh, asked to leave him a message, left him a message. From that point on, mind you, I left him two messages, or I, I didn't, showed up to his office twice and left him two messages. I didn't tapped into him three times. He knows if he don't say nothing to me, oh, he got a long, he going to see and hear from me for a long time. And so he actually called me back and said, hey, I'm going to schedule a meeting for, with you. Mind you, this is a multi-million dollar man. He's, he's a deca-millionaire. If y'all don't know what a deca-millionaire is, a deca-millionaire crosses over 10 mil. 
And so by my action, don't know who I am. Well, if when he saw me, he knew I was the guy in the office, but that's all he knew from me. And so because of my action, I was able to get that first meeting. And that first meeting, I didn't say no. I didn't say I couldn't make it. I made it happen. And when I sat down with him and I walked into the office, I knew shit was different. Y'all, I didn't seen some money before. I thought I had a little money. Uh, my mentor uh, that, that was mentoring me in real estate, he, he had some money. Uh, but I, he just realized, okay, this is a different type. You know, I was seeing, you know, uh, your kids probably have, like, dinosaurs and, and airplanes, right? Well, I saw airplanes in his office, but these weren't kids' airplanes. These were, like, fucking models of jets. And you start to realize, like, enough models. He may not just be playing Star Wars. He owns these fucking jets. And so we sat down, and I tell him what I plan on doing. Coming in again, big dog, about to buy the semis. And so, mind you, all I'm looking for him is to just give me some game, you know what I mean? Not thinking of it, I'm going to walk out with a mentor or anything like that. And he ended up telling me that he owned a a fleet of 50 trucks. And I'm like, that's where I want to be at. And so, from him telling me and explaining to me the risks that were involved, mind you, let me talk to you guys about owning trucks. You're not sponsored by me. Let me talk to you guys about owning trucks. When you buy a truck, it's not a matter of if it's going to break down. It's when that motherfucker is going to break down because it's going to break down. You're going to run through drivers. Your driver retention is going to have to be uh, be appropriate. You're going to run through drivers. That gas rate fluctuates. The freight fluctuates that you're picking up. All of that means something. If someone was, if, if you own these trucks and your driver happens to have an accident and people pass away, you have to answer that. And so I wasn't ready for all that. I didn't know all that. And when he laid it on me, I, I, I me personally, I told you, I'm a leader. So a lot of the people that I grew up with, a lot of the guys in this city that you see, a lot of the people that you see posting online, um, I feel like a lot of it is, is fast money. And... You know, I still have my ways where I have to, you know, uh, get better with the finances. And I, don't we all? But I've never been I've never been attracted to fast money. I always knew that that fast money is going to come and go. And I'm here for a long fucking time. My kids are here for a long fucking time. Upshards are here for a long time. And so um, when he was talking to me and just explaining the 50 trucks and, and everything that was going on, me, I'm already thinking, my risk tolerance, I don't want to take that big a risk in this industry. I want to have something that may not give me the highest yield, but I know it's very consistent. I can build, I can scale from. And so I'm going to give you a difference. One of the things that I'm realizing that I realize now, which is why I told you I put a pause on my fix and flip company, is because I would flip a house and I would get fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 over the course of five months, but that didn't mean anything to me because if you're getting 50K over five months, that's 10K a month. I can make that a month easier with a different vehicle. So you got to find the vehicle you want to be in, number one. And then also think about it. Over five fucking months, I got 50K held up. If I had an opportunity that caused 50K and I didn't have 50K because it's tied up, I couldn't take advantage of that opportunity. And so the certainty of saying, hey, real estate was not going to be my primary wasn't going to be the source of my earned income, let's just say, 
that was a huge decision. Now, going back to it, when Dr. Uh, my mentor, um, when he was explaining, you know, what owning semis entailed, when he was explaining that, I started to think, and I'm like, man, I don't think I want to own semis anymore. So that idea of I was going to buy two or three semis, that idea of buying the two to three semis was out the window. And so then he started explaining mentorship. And so when he explained the mentorship, you know, he was explaining the benefits of it, which we'll get into, but. I really wasn't hearing that because the mentorship, I'm going to tell you right now, y'all was 60K. And I wasn't hearing none of it. But then he started talking about what he was doing, what it, the business that he would help us get into that is in the same realm, transportation logistics, just not owning the semi. It was called a freight broker. And I'm like, what is a freight broker? All you hear in the, the, the transportation realm is you hear about owning the truck, right? Or you hear about dispatching. Those are the two things. And so when he talked about the freight brokerage, that's when I started to really listen. Why? Because, again, when everyone's going fucking right, fucking left. when everyone's going right, I go left. I'm a leader. So I like to cultivate new things. And so I never, I didn't really hear a lot of people doing this. And so that intrigued me. I started to listen to it, and I started to listen to what they did. And I'm like, man, I love that. And so he offered me the mentorship. And for me doing that, my research, uh, which my researchers listened to him right then and there, I looked on my phone. He didn't know I was looking on my phone, typing in freight broker, and I looked up enough stuff on YouTube, and I'm like, okay, it's real. And I just believed him. My other mentor vouched for him and referred me to him. I'm like, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to get in this industry. I was going to buy trucks, but this is it. And I don't know why. I just felt compelled to say, hey, I'm in. I'm in. And mind you, this wasn't even for me. This was for my fucking wife. So I really came home, and I told her, hey, we got a mentorship, me and you. <laughs> she was like, uh, mind you, my wife used to be my manager, used to be head of HR in my companies. But she was removed from the workforce for the last two, three years because of the kids. And so I'm coming to her now saying, hey, here you go. We got a, we, You got a business now, brand new, freight broker. I've never done it before. And you got a mentorship, $60,000. But that's how I am. I take massive action. Now, this is not for everyone because I know I can come back. I bet on myself enough where I'm always good. I'm always good. That's a mental thing for me to tell myself I'm always good. I'm going to always be good, right? And so we bet on ourselves. We like, shoot, we're going to pay the $60,000. And so we paid the $60,000. Mind you, we could have broke it up. We could have did $5,000 a month. But I had $60,000, and I said, hey, I don't want to spend none of it. I don't want nothing coming out. I don't want no iffies, no no up. Oh, rainy days, because, you know, rainy days is popping, right? It can happen. And so I bet on myself. I paid the $60,000. I had the money, but $60,000 mentorship, and what do I get? Nothing. It's just for a mentorship. It's like, you don't get nothing. Again, I'm betting on myself. My money is not going to bottles and, and, and iced out watches and fancy trips and, and, and get my girl uh, uh, anything she want under the sun, have my kids get anything they want under the sun. No. My money is invested. My money is invested in me. That's the best investment you can make. It's invested into your business. That's the biggest asset is my business. And so I invested the $60,000. Fast forward now. You want to know how it's working out? I have less businesses now, and I focus on one, and I make more money off of this one business than I have with all the five that I told you. Over one year. I've only been doing this for one year. 
And so just want to talk about the mentorship because a lot of people are like, you know, you know, the new saying, right? It's like, cap, $60,000. Yes, $60,000 wire uh, to an individual that I sat down with one time. You could say it's impulsive. I can say you sitting on the sidelines watching me do this shit. Just like you sitting on the sidelines watching a podcast. And this is not cockiness, it's just confidence. Because a part of my traits, one of the top five, I'm futuristic. I can see the future. So I'm already racing to it. I can see it. I'm not scared to fail because I got to fail in order to learn, in order to continue to move forward. The podcast that I'm talking to you about, that th- this podcast is about my failures. Not really failures, but my roadblocks that I had to get over and overcome. And so going into it, I've paid for mentorships before. I paid for uh, a $25,000 mentorship. I paid for uh, courses before, but nothing of this magnitude. And so when I paid for this, the benefits, guys, oh, my goodness. I'm not even going to – I'm going to talk to you about the freight brokership, which, I mean, you guys may not believe it, but this is what the topic is of the damn podcast is talking about the freight brokerage. But just to let you guys know, like, man, the benefits. So starting off, you know, from understanding how to leverage your business with taxes. You're talking about LLCs. Everyone preaches open up an LLC. I'm going to let you know, my first three to four years in business, I got slammed with personal uh, gains because of the fucking LLC. If you guys don't know, and I'm not, listen, I got to say this. I'm not a tax preparer. I'm not a tax professional. I'm not telling you how to do your taxes, but I'm letting you know right now. I got fucking slammed on the LLC with personal gains going over to a corporation, changed my life. And I, I, I fumbled through all that until I met him. Taxes is the number one thing. You make, everyone can make money, but how much money can you keep? Getting my business credit right. Yeah, you can, I talked, I talked to y'all last week about personal credit tips, but business credit is another beast. Oh, someone told you, net 30, huh? <laughs> you're going to go buy some, pay back 30. That's what you're going to do? You're going to be at it all day. It's kind of, you ever, you seen Fred Flintstone? If y'all doing that, it's the epitome of you, you driving your Fred Flintstone car with your feet, and, and I'm in my Dodge Durango pressing on the fucking gas. When I talk to him, it's a different mindset. Understanding how to upgrade my business credit, uh, leverage my personal credit, leverage lines of credit. Understanding um, um, how to how to how to leverage loans, different vehicles. Um, everyone everyone hears the same thing. You need to buy real estate, uh, create your wealth. Uh, you invest five thousand dollars in S and P over this, and 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 you you. It's all the same bullshit, but when you talk to someone who's actually there, a decamillionaire, 10 mil or more, you start to get the game, and they see money a little bit different. And it's kind of like they say it's like a Monopoly board. Everyone's pawns. When I go to the banker, the banker now is my friend. Everyone, when you guys go to the banker, you scared, you quivering, can I get approved for the loan? When I, when I go to the banker, no. What do I need to get approved for the loan? Can you talk to the underwriter? All right, so I, I need to know exactly what I need. I don't want to give you that. I just want to show you these tax returns. Can I show you that? That's how I'm talking to them because I got the game now. And so all those benefits that I'm paying the $60,000 for, guess what? If you're tuned into this, you didn't pay $60,000. All you got to do is pull your ass to this seat, turn it on, press play, and take notes because I'm going to give you the game that I'm learning. And so one of the things that I said has changed 
my life. Yes, financial coaching. I've done that. Dave Ramsey on steroids. Yes, I've done that. Debt relief, helping people get out of debt. I've done that. I'm doing that. Flip houses. I'm doing that. I got an active flip and pour orange right now that I'm going to let y'all see. I'm doing that. Wholesaling. I'm doing that. Renting out cars on Turo. I'm doing that. Renting them out privately. I'm doing that. But everyone hears that. But have you ever heard of the, a freight broker? This right here, I'm telling y'all, all virtual. Before I even talk about it, I just want to say why it's changed the game for me. Number one, the 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 I'm able to pass this business down to my kids. When I walk into my mentor's office, I see his son involved. That was big for me. Why? Because his son is in that same industry as him, and, and I can only hope that my son takes over from where I'm at. Because if I can leave him this, done deal. Not if. When I leave him this, because I like to speak things into existence. So not if, when. But not just that. My wife, mind you, remember, I purchased the business, the mentorship for her. And so as I purchased it for her last year, she was doing it all the way up until about, about June by herself. But this time around, she was bringing me checks. Every now and then, she would bring me a check. And I look at that check, and I'm like, you did this with the team that, that you assembled? And so still getting it, still getting my interest. I'm like, man, okay, I got a business here, but my focus is on all these other businesses, right? Mind you, my mentor keeps throwing hints on you. You should focus on the, just this one, the freight broker, you know, the freight agency. Three months ago, like I told y'all, I decided, hey, I'm not going to wholesale anymore. I'm not going to fix and flip anymore. I'm going for the big houses. I'm going for multifamily, commercial, strip malls. That's what I'm thinking, something that's long-term. It's going to take me some years before I see my investment, but that's what I want, right? So from shutting that down and focusing on that, as far as the investment side, I needed the one thing that was going to be my earned income since I didn't have the wholesaling and the fix and flips. And so I'm like, man, I'm going to help my wife. We're going to focus on this. She's sending me checks already. That's good. If I'm in here, man, we about to make it great. And so I didn't realize not just making the money, but how much power it is. I'm working with my wife each and every day. Some of y'all got partners you can't even fucking trust. They ain't going to even work as hard as you. You gonna, you, some of y'all partners, you're going to be working at 10 p.m. at night. They all partying because I've had it happen to me before. I've had partners that I'm working and I know all the knowledge, and they just had the money, and they just partying. They, they chilling, hanging out. What difference? Now with my wife, we got we to gotta fucking love for this business, right? We got the same goal. So now that's why we were able to change this game for us, change our, just change the trajectory for our family now. So what is a freight broker? So these cups right here, right? Let's just say these, this water as I take a sip. And I'm not advertising for pure aqua, but this water right here, it got into this office, this studio. How? I can look on here. If you ever, if you ever look on some of the uh, your bottles, you'll see something that may say manufactured by. I'm gonna give you guys some game about this industry if you want to learn something. It's gonna say manufactured by. Not everything, but some of them. Where it says manufactured is where it was actually made. It was produced. So it may say manufactured by whatever, whatever, whatever in Minnesota. And so that means it was made in Minnesota to how to get here. Either had to be transported here. How? That I don't know. But this is a part of 
the freight brokerage. This industry is called the transportation and logistics industry. And so there's a couple ways you can transport goods. You can transport it by air. You can transport it by rail, which means um, the trains. You can transport it by car. You can transport it by semi-trucks, what we're focused on right now. And so as a freight broker, I am the one who's in charge of the relationships between the person who makes these bottles and the truck who's going to pick it up and transport it from point A to point B. And so as the broker, you can say we're kind of the middleman. And so what our job is, again, I communicate. I contact uh, Pure Aqua, and I say, hey, I'm going to help you transport your cases of water. Got a little sneeze coming. I'm going to help you transport your cases of water from Minnesota down here to Orlando, Florida. They tell me it's going to cause me, or they're going to give me $1,500 to do that, and I have to assign a truck to move that, right? So essentially I have to have a truck. I have to have a truck to be able to pick up this water. Ooh, I got to sneeze. Whew. It's like there. It's like there, but it's not there. All right, so going back, so um, so as a freight broker, like I said, we're in charge of organizing the transportation of these goods to make sure it arrives on time and arrives clean, organized, unharmed, and that the driver that is delivering is 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 friendly, you know, and, and does his job accordingly. And so again, they give me fifteen hundred to move these cases. And the driver, let's just say, may get thirteen hundred. And 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 between that wedge, between the customer giving me fifteen and I'm giving the driver thirteen, we profit a two hundred dollar margin. And so now with these loads, we typically move about fifty loads like this a week. And so when I first got started in the industry, I started it with my wife because normally anything that I I start to do, I kind of want to learn it myself. And so we started on the phones together, but quickly after a month or two, I got a lot real busy with our real estate uh, firm, uh, and we started doing little things there. And, you know, we built a team, uh, a team virtually that was in the Philippines of people that was helping us. And so, you know, building that team, we had three individuals. Everything was going good. Every now and then my wife would bring home, and she would literally bring home a $20,000 check for that month. 
by herself, just with that team we built. And then it became slow season. And then we're like, fuck, we really don't know what the fuck we're doing. Mind you, this is another tip. I tried to scale the business too fast, and I still didn't know what I was doing. I started to hire out, started to try to remove myself, and I hadn't even went through a whole year. I couldn't even get all the peaks and valleys of that industry just yet. And so um, we brought in uh, virtual assistants in the Philippines, and quickly when it became slow and, 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 you know, long story short, they didn't work out. We didn't have a solid foundation for it to work out. It was our fault, and they ended up leaving. And that hurt us because they left us at a time where we really needed them. Mind you, things are going slow, and we already need help with the current loads because, again, if you can't just – in this industry, um, I book a load to pick up these cases, and the driver picks them up. A part of my job, too, is similar to what a dispatcher does. i got to make sure the driver picks it up on time, the driver doesn't have any issues, the driver's not overweight, the driver has the right equipment, the driver doesn't have an accident, a blown-out tire. And so you have to have your team do that. And because our VAs left, it was left on my wife – and myself to do that while still booking new loads and making new money. And so um, my wife did do that. She held it down tremendously. And I'm going to just talk my shit about my wife. Fellas, this is why, you know, when you hear a guy brag about his wife and talk about how that she elevated him, this is one of the reasons why. You don't really know yourself before you get married. Because you're a little boy, to be honest. Until you get married, until you got to break bread and think about someone else other than yourself and your dick. Now, you really understand what you really love, who you really are. And my wife is a dog. I told you when I met her, I didn't meet her because she was in the club shaking asses. You know what I mean? I met her because she was shaking cash. She was a top salesperson. She was money hungry. She was fucking mean. Not every guy wanted to talk to her. She looked mean. She had a mean face. I like that, right? Because I got a little something. And being around me, you got to know. You got to have a hard shell. You got to be able to listen. And when I say something, you got to be like, uh, just rub it off. And that's her. Um, and so she was killing it. Like, while I was dealing with all these other businesses, trying to get my endeavors involved for the family with those businesses, she was just banging it out. Mind you, booking loads, making money, and still handling all the back end. And so um, I ended up putting... Uh, again, the Firestone, Na- Firestone National Investment Group, we ended up putting that on pause. We didn't shut the business down. Never shut a business down, especially a business that is going to open up longer than two years because you continue to use that business for other purposes. You can use it for, you can leverage it for lines of credit, loans. You, uh, I got, I have cars in that business name. So just letting you know, don't do that. So I didn't shut the business down. I put it on pause. I let all the agents and all the workers go. I stopped all the marketing. And I said, hey, I'm going to put my focus with my wife in this. That was, I would say, June. June, yeah, June sometime, I think it was. Yep, June. May and June. We had just came back from a trip from uh, San Andreas. We went to uh, Columbia, Bogota, where my wife's family is from. Then we went to San Andreas, the island. And I remember we came back and it was like, okay, it's go time. And from then on to now, I am happy to say I got an email from the broker. And I, and I didn't even explain this. So, we're freight brokers, and we're freight brokers, but we are agents, and I have a freight agency. So my mentor's model is, even as a freight broker, you still have to have certain licenses, surety bonds. You have certain responsibilities that you are in charge of. And as the freight agent, I don't have those responsibilities. Now, in exchange for them handling the back end, which is, 
making sure people are paid, the surety bond, the insurances and all that, making sure uh, trucks, uh, having softwares to make sure the trucks are clean and, and good to go and drive and, and pass, you know, have the licenses and everything they need. We exchange 30% to them. And so we get paid 70%. That's my agreement. Most agents get paid in between 60 up until 80. Some The top agents get paid maybe 90%, right? That's very rare. Usually between 60 and, 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 and 70, 80%. And so we get paid 70%. The broker takes 30%. And so we have an agency. So we're an agent under the broker. But the great thing is about this, I'm not just a singular agent. I have people under me. So I created what's called an agency. And again, mind you, going back to it, taking a different route. I haven't seen too many people do the agency route. But also, what I love is the risk. It's not there. I can do what I do well, which is sell, communicate. I don't have to worry about that back end. Insurance, getting pe- factoring, getting people paid. No, we get paid a check every week, which is different than in real estate because I got to put out a lot of marketing, and it takes me 30, 60 days to close on a deal. It's a big difference, right? And so, mind you, in the year is coming. We're in December. Today is what, December... Uh, ninth, right? December ninth, yeah, December ninth. I had to look on my watch, but the rotary, the the this is a, I got the date on it, but the date's wrong. It's okay. It's still an eighteen thousand dollar rotary. The time, right? I can tell the time. But um, we get an email, and one of the uh, managers for the brokerage that we're under, he's like, "You guys had a solid year. You hit one point three million in sales." consistently we had 1.3 million sales now we didn't make a meal we didn't make a meal guys it's 1.3 mil in sales and we get paid 15 percent of that that was our margin we had an average of a 14.7 percent margin 15 percent the margins that you charge you you as the agent or the broker dictate that so again if they get they give this to me for 1500 i know people need water so I'm going to make sure I charge a service tax for this water because I got to go through a lot to get this transported and moved. So my margin is 15%. I can have a, I can have a 1% margin. I can say, hey, $1,500 for this water. I can give it to the, the, the truck driver for $1,400. I make $100. I give it to him for $1,450. I make $50. That's on you. So for our margin, we were at 15%. So you do the math. 1.3 times about 15%. This is me waiting for y'all to do the math when y'all pull out y'all damn calculators on y'all phones. About $200,000. Mind you, I still got my other businesses going. I put a pause on the, the the fix and flip business, but like I told you, I still got an active flip now that I'm going to make money on. So I still got those businesses, but year one, $200,000 in an industry that I'm just getting my big toe fucking wet in? Not even my whole foot wet, my big toe. Because I got a long big toe. I got size 14. I'm just getting, I'm just learning. thought about it one of the things is you guys a lot of people are putting in a lot of work whether it's at your job or at a a, a business now and you may even watch this you may even watch this podcast and you're like man i'm gonna be a freight broker now understand you have to be in the right vehicle and for me this freight broker this, this freight agency was the damn right vehicle for me the way i communicate uh, this business is a lot about virtual answering the phones. Me and my wife, man, we might as well get it tatted across us, across our foreheads. We call center babies. I met my wife on the phones. I was a manager. 
She was a top sales agent. We ain't afraid about these phones. I'm not afraid on these phones. I used to have a saying, smile and dial. <laughs> Y'all, why do you think I talk about the Wolf of Wall Street like it's the Bible? Because I love that movie. Fucking pick up a phone and make some money. If y'all listen to this and learn from me, I'm going to tell y'all right now, if y'all need some money, go find a call center. A call center with a product that you're going to believe that's going to give you the highest sales yield. But you got to believe in the product. Because if you believe in the product, you're going to sell like your life depended on it. If you don't believe it, you ain't going to give two shits about it. You're going to scam a lot of people. And so pick a product. Sell. Pick up the phone. And so with the freight agency, the freight broker, freight brokerage, that's all it is. I'm fielding calls, picking uh, calls from carriers, creating relationships, and talking to customers. All over the phones. I've never met not one of my driver in person. Never met not one of these customers that pay us in person. Never met the broker that owns the company in person, which I will. Because we got to go. Me and my wife got to go. We're going to be the top broker, one of the top brokers, in, or one of the top agents in that brokerage. They're going to have to call us. Just like he had to reach out to us and tell us where our goals were. Because we're a newcomer and we're killing it. He said, you guys are one of the top newcomers we got. If you look online, you ain't going to see no one doing 1.3 mil for the first year in this business. You'll see a lot of one point something mil, but 1.3, come on. And I'm talking my shit because me and my wife did that. Me and my wife do that. Guess what my wife is right now? My wife is on my daughter's field trip. Chaperoning. Guess where I'm at right now? Here, talking to y'all. But guess who's running the business? When I check the phone, guess who's running the business? The VAs, the system that we put in place. Me and my wife, we did that. And $200,000 year one, and we just getting started? Talk about year five. Some of y'all can't even think five years from now. You don't even know if you're going to be alive this year. And I'm not saying it to brag or laugh at you, but I'm saying we got to do better. We got to start thinking in terms of years. Because we plan. I plan on being, I'm like I told you, I'm here to stay. I'm here for a long fucking time. And so I'm talking about five years from now, where am I going to be at? Because that's my goals now. And so that brokerage changed the game for me. And so now for our plans for next year, mind you, I have other investments. Uh, a part of the mentorship, we get other investments and deals that our mentor is in. He gives us the opportunities to go in. And so I don't even want to tell you why. A lot of you guys are getting slammed in crypto, slammed on stocks. Your flips is not selling. I am making over 50% of my money right now. Outside of those investments, this brokerage next year, our goal, we are going to get make $500,000. We did $200,000 this year. We're going to make $500,000 next year. That's just with that business, with that business alone, not including any other investments, not including any other businesses, $500,000 alone. How we plan on doing that? Easy. We plan on picking up the phone and talking to people. There's a guy uh, in real estate who does wholesaling. He calls himself Mr. TTP, and that stands for talk to people. And I love that model because if, if you guys have a family, um, and I don't want to say it like it's, it's doing it the easy way, but I work from home in the AC. I got access to the refrigerator. I got access to anything I need in the house if I want to take a hit, if I want to you know blow it down a little bit and take a hit puff of my little dabs or whatever, I can do that. I have the opportunity to do that in my house, and I still can make money. Everything's virtual. I'm still helping. I'm still moving and grooving and doing what we got to do. It's the best industry. Again, I'm, I'm planning on making $500,000 from the comforts of my own home. 
with my wife. Come on, y'all. Like, you can find a friend that you trust, a family member that you trust, your significant other. Man, this thing is easy. If y'all don't know where to start, talk to me. Uh, to give you guys an action step, what I would recommend, if you like what I'm talking about with the freight uh, broker, freight agency, talk to me. You could be an agent under me. You could be. You can join my agency. I can help you guys out, teach you guys how to find your customers, how to start sourcing trucks, how to start putting it all together and making money from it. You don't. You can. You can. You can be a felon and do this. You don't. It's not rocket science. You don't need to go to school. There's no degree. You don't need a license to do that. You don't need a license to do this. This is the 200k business that I just told you what we did. Year one, we don't need no license to do it. I did pay sixty thousand dollars for the mentorship, so you can might as well take two hundred k minus sixty thousand dollars. What is that? Hundred forty thousand. But guess what? Remember, I still have other investments with this person, with this individual, with my mentor. So, you know, guys, you know, I just wanted to let you guys, you know, in on this. Like, it's just so crazy. You, everyone is trying to think of the next steps for them. I literally gave you guys five different industries from the financial coaching, debt relief, um, wholesaling or fixing flipping houses, um, rental cars, which is on Turo, and then the freight broker or freight agency. Five different industries that you guys can touch and tap into. And it's not hard at all. None of these industries that I named, you don't need any license to start. You just need to take action. Everything that I've talked about, taking action, taking action, taking massive fucking action. A lot of you guys are on YouTube, going to YouTube University, and you study your way out. Study so much, and you don't end up taking no action. And so what I would say for you guys, when you hear this podcast, when you finish listening to this right now, I want you to do a little bit more research on what you want to do. One tip. I always like to give y'all tips. Go to Gallup's Strengths. Type it in on Google, Gallup Strengths. You can take the, take the strengths test. I want you all to take all 30, I think it's 34, 35. Take all of them. Figure out what your strengths are and feed into those strengths. Look at the weaknesses and make sure your weaknesses, you're, you're, you're getting those stronger. But whatever you're strong at, feed into it. If you're good at finances and budgeting, I think financial coaching may, need, may be the route for you. What is that? Day rims and steroids. If you're good at Financial coaching and getting out of debt and budgeting, financial coaching and debt relief. That's what you need to do. If you're good at sales, you're good at talking to people. Get on the phone and wholesale some real estate. If you really want to get into real estate, you like real estate, start with wholesaling. Get you some money now without having to put a lot of money up front. You like rental cars. You like, I mean, you like cars. A lot of you guys are good with your hands. No cars, like the back of your hand. Start renting cars out. A lot of you people got cars just sitting if you don't put that car on tour and rent that thing out, that's a whole side hustle for y'all. And I'm going to end it with here, the freight agency, freight brokership. Y'all want to change the game? I mean, like, y'all really want to change the trajectory of your whole entire family? Public? Talking about this. These semis, this transportation holds weight. Certain industries go through peaks and valleys, but this industry does have peaks and valleys, but it's a need in this industry. I'm needed. My phone is buzzing right now because I'm needed. I'm going to leave you all with that, man. I don't got nothing else for you.